Thank you so much for coming oh, through. It's such a pleasure. It's so good to see you again. You know why I'm particularly excited? Because the last time I saw you, you had a little writing room. I did. Yes, at my agent's <laughs> offices slash house. And it was in a time when I was also living in Norwood. And I, 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 I think at the time I was not aware of how big a deal this was going to be because that was still beginning of your journey. And prior you were doing more corporate TV, writing. television writing and and you just did a switch up on us. And now you're doing book signings in the UK and all these things. So um, I'm, I'm just so exceptionally happy and proud of you. So let me start by saying that. But I want to take a step back um, to when you were younger. Did you at school kind of feel like you've always been a writer or did you have that one teacher who's like, you are terrible, and then you just never wrote? Or was it something that was just always in you? I, th- I think that the answer to that question is I've always been a storyteller. Mm. And um, I've gone on a very long journey to kind of find the medium in which I'm best at telling stories. And I think this is my medium through books. But like you've said, I've done TV, I've done this, I did theater, I did all of these things. Um, and essentially that is telling stories. And I think all of those years of telling different stories in different, you know, ways led me to books. Um, I remember my, my mom keeps my school reports. You know, mothers yes. keep all these things. And she has a nursery school report um, from my teacher. And in the report, it says, Joe really likes story time. Oh. And at the end, she often suggests alternative plot points for the characters mm. or oh, things wow. that maybe they should have done, etc. So I think from a very early age, I was always very interested in story um, all the way through school. And I thought I'd become, I thought I'd go into theater and become a playwright, etc., which I did for a while. But uh, my storytelling has led me to books oh. somehow. So when did the transition start? Because I know at one point, I mean, I know you're doing corporate stuff. There was a job we did together for a bank mm. with a very <laughs> long script. Oh, I nearly died that day. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> and I mean, these are things that, that people would not even be aware of because you have to work within the company to see certain things. And the reason I'm mentioning jobs like that is when you write for clients, a part of you is not a part of it. I don't want to say a part of you dies, but a part of you gets killed in the process because you are answering to the person paying for the job. So you might think, ooh, it would sound so much better if we sell it like this because they're trying to, you know, um, introduce a new product and they want all the employees to know what it's about before it goes out to mass market. But they will like, they will be like, listen, this is the wording. We've done our research. We've done our whatever. Did you ever have moments where you felt like a part of you is dying? Well, <laughs> like a bit of well, your soul died. <laughs> let me say. You know, when we were hanging out in Norwood in that little house, <laughs> that was when I had that moment. It was exactly around that time. And for the exact reason you're talking about, I was doing, I had my own company. We were doing like production. Mm. I was doing writing. I was doing copywriting. I was doing all of these things uh, and writing uh, for TV. And I felt as though I was getting creatively stifled mm. because everyone always had something to say. 
and being a bit Don't of a... Don't we love our agency friends? <laughs> exactly. And being a bit of a whatever bossy boots vibe, how I honestly felt sometimes that my opinion of it was correct. And theirs was, I mean, I know that sounds terribly egotistical, but often there were moments where I felt so strongly that what I wanted to do was correct. Mm. And they'd be like, no, it's mm. not correct. And I'd be like, but I feel that this is... Mm. And so you feel creatively stifled and you feel like you, you don't know... You don't know how to express yourself in a way that you want to express yourself. Mm. So that is how I stumbled into this writing was because I was looking for something where I could just write for myself. I didn't have mm. to answer to someone. There wasn't a client here telling me, no, I should do this. I shouldn't do that. So this was actually creative freedom for me. So what inspired you to just sit down and start the first novel? And did you go through the process um, where... You know, I think back then maybe there weren't as many tutorials as available online, free resources. Did you literally just one day, I don't know, have a dream and be like, I'm just going to start writing this story? Okay. So, you know, life is full of happenstances or whatnot, whatnots. And um, I feel like you're going to have a story from the topic we were speaking about. Yes, earlier. I am. It's going to the grandmother who did not know her place. That's the name. Well, of the yeah, there we go. We were actually having a really good chat about that too. <laughs> Privately. Yes. Um, you know, I got to this place, like I say, where I was feeling creatively stifled and especially, uh, you know, I felt as well, I want to do, I want to do something bigger. I didn't mm. want to be confined to South Africa to here. Mm. I wanted to reach out I mean, global domination yes. <laughs> sounds ridiculous, but I wanted to reach outside of our, you know, I wanted to reach the world, idealistic, whatever. So I started Googling as one does, you know, you get onto the Google and you go, how to become a writer overseas? How does one make money as a writer overseas? Mm. And you start putting in these, you know, combos of words. And I stumbled across this competition online for a it was to write a romance novel. I, I remember. Yes. You, I was busy writing that oh when my you God. were there. So I'm only remembering. Yes, oh, yes. Yes. That's what happened. So I saw it was being held on this social media platform called Wattpad. I'd never heard of Wattpad. Mm. For those of you who don't know, it's an online reading and writing platform where anyone, it's kind of democratized reading and writing. Mm. Anyone can be an author. Anyone can post work and anyone can read for free. So it's, it's really a wonderful platform and the competition was, was being held there. I'd never actually read a romance or written a romance. I'd written on soapies though. Mm. So I knew how to bring angst, you know, yes. I wrote on Rhythm City. So, you know, you, you know, you know how to bring the angst, you know? So I just sat down and it was just the most bizarre thing. And I went, I've got nothing to lose. No one knows me. Mm. I, I don't have any expectation of myself. It was fun having zero expectations of yeah. myself because it was like freedom. I was like, I don't have to match up to anything because mm. I know nothing about this. Yes. So I'm just going to write. And I wrote. And um, it was super weird because I landed up winning the competition, which was absolutely bizarre. And um, I got a publishing deal from that. And then my book. And on what was the prize other than the publishing deal? Was there like a cash prize? No, there was no. It was the publishing deal, which is like cash in the yes. hand if you grab it and run yes. with that opportunity. Um, and then I, you know, my book got like millions and millions and millions of reads on this platform as well. So it was very surreal. I mean, it happened overnight. Um, I don't think that kind of thing happens regularly. I think there's like a moment in time, like where you hit a whole bunch of zeitgeisty elements and they mm. kind of come together. I don't think that can be repeated too often. Um, and then I sort of, I had this company and I kind of just closed the doors and I went like, okay, well, now I'm going to write books. I'm going to try anyway. 
and I did. So take us back now when somebody says, so let's say, you know, to the person that's listening, and I'm, and I'm sure there are many competitions that continue because they are always looking, always looking for stories. Um, where now it's, they're like, we're looking, they specifically told you the genre. So that sort of made it easy for you where it must be a romance novel. Where does one even begin? Did you go back into your childhood and think about your first crush? Or do you write from a perspective of, I'm just going to start and let the story unfold? Because I know there are people who are planners. They want at the beginning to say, okay, I want my you know, protagonist to be a this. I want my lead to be a this. And I want it set in the desert and the da-da-da-da-da. Or did you just start writing and it just poured out of you? Well, I'm one of these people that doesn't plot at all. Um, I'm terrible at plotting and I kind of just, I just let it go where it goes. So I just started writing. I had a small concept, which was um, a girl is left at the altar and goes on her honeymoon alone. That was it. That was my concept. And I which, just, by the way, happens to people. I've heard it happens. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, it happens. So I was like, you know what? She's going to embrace her honeymoon. She's going to go alone. And obviously it's a romance. She's going to find love. But I just sort of went with it. And my husband, who is, yeah, you know him, um, he's also very creative. Uh, he actually always helps me with every single one of my books. And I was As just, a good spouse should do. As a, exactly. And he kind of plopped in this other idea, um, which is, you know, in Thailand, they have those like, what are the parties called? Like those weird full moon parties in Thailand, yes. you know, those cool... So he was like, pop in one of those parties in Thailand, you mm. know, and it's kind of like they fall in love. They go on this journey to this really cool party. And it was called Burning Moon, the first book. So mm. he plopped in another element, which kind of took the book, you know, in, so a, added in another in direction. another Correct. region. Correct. And, and now when you started the book of this woman is going to be left at the altar, you knew you wanted to go global. So mm. how do you decide the setting? Because... Maybe not everybody's interested in the South African girl who's left at the altar, but maybe she's a British or a French girl who then goes to Asia. So I've pushed back a lot on not writing characters that aren't South African and not setting my books in South Africa because I know absolutely nothing about what it is for a woman to live in the UK. Mm. I know nothing about what it's like to hang out with like a Texas rancher and fall in love. Like <laughs> I, I don't know that world. I, yes. I don't you know, a lot of books are set in the hustle and bustle of New York or mm. like in the, the countryside of the UK in those cozy little towns. I know nothing mm. about living there. You know, there's a sight and a smell and a vibe and an energy and mm. electricity to a place. I can't encapsulate that. You know, I can go onto Google Maps and look at pictures or, you know, I can watch videos on YouTube about the place. I'm never going to capture the essence. So I know South Africa. And so I, I, I write my books in South Africa. I had an agent who said to me that that's not that's that was not going to work and um i just said to her well i don't know what else to write i don't know how else to mm. write so i'm, I'm going to stick to this and so i did D is the agent still around um no <laughs> i have a new i have a new agent now. That's good to say. but it wasn't over that necessarily <laughs> yeah. look and the thing is bless the agents and the managers because they will always work based off of what they know and the tried and tested formula and I think you you are very much the anomaly in the sense that, I mean, you you literally have more than 60 million reads mm. of your books on these platforms. Mm. And 
you know, it, it's beautiful that you had already come from a space of being a writer of sorts. And on top of that, you understood deadlines, which means you had a built-in discipline. If you had to submit your storylining or your scripts to a Rhythm City by a certain date, they don't care that, like, you can't be like, oh, I had a creative blocks. Like, you need to submit something. You can't say, oh, my, you can't even say, oh, my arm fell off. Yeah, you, you know, can't. Right through it, right through it <laughs> you with one arm. To. Yeah. And at some point in that process, um, you also have to be comfortable with people butchering your work, which is the figurative red pen. Mm-hmm. So when you set to do the the novel, do you think you were at a more privileged place or do you think actually you were a little bit more on the back foot because it was a new genre and maybe you came in with bad habits from script writing and, you know, corporate writing? Well, I've always I've always been a very hard worker. That's always sort of been my vibe. Um, I, I tend to always kind of, I've never been late for anything in my life. I'm always, if it's at 10 o'clock, if you arrive at 10, I believe you're late. Yeah. You need to be there at 5 to 10. Right. So I'm very disciplined when it comes to stuff like that. And I think that has been a great help in my career because I think you have to have self-discipline. You can't waft. I mean, a lot of people have, I mean, I hear this all the time when I go out, everyone's like, oh, you're a writer. Oh, I've been thinking of writing this book for years. Oh, I've got this book in me. And everyone has, everyone says they've got a book in them, but then they just don't know how to sit down and write it. And I say, just sit down and write it. Mm. You know, give yourself a deadline, stick to it and put it in place. So I'm very kind of strict with myself and I'm very deadline driven. And I actually think my past with, you know, working in corporate and stuff like that, I think it actually helped um, my creative process because it made it more, um, urgent and it mm. gave me a sense of deadline and urgency and I have to do this because and you were talking about the red pen um, let me just tell you the red pen in book writing is those bad reviews on Amazon or those mm. bad reviews on Goodreads and you also have to when you put stuff but out wait, into the pr- world prior to that yes. right there are other people who have to read editors that have to read so before the public red pen the dealing with the red pen of the maybe your publisher or whoever comes prior saying, mm, I'm not sure about this Thailand scene. It's not connecting. How do you deal with that initial red pen where there's another person who, yes, they are working off of what they know. Like you said, the, the agent, they, they are the ones who'll say, mm, I don't know about this. How do you deal with that? Do you go and say, I actually want to stand by this Thailand thing. I really believe in it and by override them or you have to sometimes give up things that you really wanted. Well, I think that changes throughout your career. I think I'm in quite a lucky position at the moment where I, I am in the position because I have had success where I can go, no, 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 no. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sort of sticking to that. Obviously when your agent says something, you usually tend to listen, but, um, you kind of view your publish you kind of view your publishers and your editors as part of your team. Mm. They are there to make your book better. That is their job. So when they kind of give you a red pen, it's not you don't feel as affronted as if like say a client or something, you know, this really is a team effort. Your editor is there to make your book better. Mm. That their their name is on the line. They need to make money out of your book. So when they bring the red pen, I'm actually quite, I'm actually quite receptive to it. Mm. I look at it and I go, right, 
what can I use from this and make it better? And there'll be little things here and there that I, I disagree with. Um, I, ha- I don't think I've ever disagreed with an element of an edit um, before. I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't get a hell of a lot of edits. edits. I'm quite mm. a clean writer. I write and edit and write and edit as I go. But So if, they, they get an almost finished product. Definitely. I'm, I'm very pedantic like that. And I'm trying to learn not to edit as much when I write because it's a bit uh, exhausting. But they really, I don't think I've had a bad edit. I feel like they've all made my book better. Mm. You know, because there is, they, they look at it from a different perspective. You get so immersed in your characters and your story. You actually need someone that's not in it to say, oh, you know what? I, I, I wasn't feeling their chemistry. It felt a little bit you know, off or contrived, can you try and, you know, slip it in earlier or something? Mm. And it's usually notes about stuff like that. It's usually how can we make it more emotional? How can we make it more, um, you know, the character stakes are higher. So I always feel like we're a team and we're mm. in it together. Yeah. So in terms of, and just to take a step back to you have an idea, woman gets left at the altar, decides to go to her honeymoon and then a love story emerges do you write you know now that you've had so many books out um did you initially think to yourself how will this character have life beyond this book did you write with that for as a foresight yes foresight Mm. that mm, maybe this character needs to be able to have life for this romance to continue or was it something and and i would just think think of that because as a TV writer, you know, part of story development is like, what are we doing with this character? It mustn't just be like, there's no way for it to go. Mm-hmm. So you bring up a very good point here. <laughs> so publishers are very keen to buy series. And I wrote my first book as a standalone novel, which means mm. at the end of it, you close the book and the characters are dead. You know, they've got their happy ending. Now it's over. There's nothing more to No, to, there's nothing yeah. more to it. But Publishers want series. Series are, are what people want. They want series. So they said to me, when my agent sold this book, she was like, we'll buy this book, but we want this to be a series. And mm. I was like, mm, okay, because I'd had no, I just couldn't see how this could be a series. I was like, so what I did was I made it a group of five friends. So, oh, yeah, smart. That was, I mean, that was the only thing I Because I was going to say, is there a prequel of the love story where we knew that she was good at the build up to the altar where it was love and then he left her or but the friends thing that is so smart no i made it a group of friends and i mean look let's be honest you know these things do follow a trope and a pattern so each one of these friends happens to jet off to some location somewhere and find love it's called the destination love series i think it's pretty self-explanatory so you know spoiler alert a character is going to be jetting off somewhere and finding love um (laughs) So I made it a group of uh, five friends. The next series I sold on, I had this really cool idea of three people are stuck in an elevator. They get stuck in an elevator together. And um, as a result, they all run late, 10 Mm. minutes late for this, or this one gets hit on the head, or this one, you know, misses that appointment. Mm. And it was kind of like, how, what would that, what are the consequences if you Mm. were late, just 10 minutes late in your life, what could happen? What could happen if you got stuck in an elevator? And these three women, their lives changed so dramatically. Just because of that one moment. Just because that one moment had been stuck in an elevator. And each of them kind of walked out of that elevator and their lives were just put on completely different 
trajectories. Wait, so is that a series? That's a, that's of the same of the same series. elevator, but different books for each woman's correct. Traje- oh, wow. correct. Yeah, and then in the last book, they kind of get together the three of them and kind of discuss and unpack how their lives have all just changed. And they think it's for the worst, obviously, but then they go on this journey of self-discovery and they realize it's changed for the better. Almost reminds me, what was that movie with... Closing Doors. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. That's Paltrow, what, that, listen. When I pitched my that... Brain yeah, and your <laughs> my agent was like, oh, this is very closing... Slamming Doors. Sliding sli- Doors. Sliding, sliding doors. doors. And I was like... Oh. And I, I, I wasn't actually, and then I remembered the movie. Yes. Yeah. But it's still a good plot. And I mean, um, there are plots that are universal. The traveling oh, yeah. and finding love is not a unique thing, no. but you added your own unique flavor and twist. And when we come back, I want to talk about once now you're in the business, you have to start thinking about things that maybe you didn't think about when you wrote your first novel. Now, like, who's your audience? Who are you targeting? Uh, if the character is buying at Prada and not at Mr. Price, like, oh, no, you're shifting our audience. You need to change the store. So when we come back from news, we continue with Joe Watson on this masterclass on writing a novel. And I'm seeing some of you like, I've always wanted to write a book. This is your chance. And I said to you, it's the 31st of January. New Year, new me starts today. Whatever it is you want to do, even if you just start with two words on that word document, get it done. It's 2.30. Masterclass. And our masterclass for today, we have been having a conversation around writing a novel. And we are with, a, I don't even know if I'm, I should say millionaire in words. Millionaire <laughs> Joe Watson. in words. I've probably written a million words. Yes, because I, I sure. feel like the number, I mean, you've got over 15 Novels and that you all have written. About 110,000 words. I'm terrible at maths. I did standard grade maths. I don't know if someone <laughs> wants to grab a calculator there. Definitely I think it's over a million. Mi- yes, million in words. And, and we take your calls on 011830702, the WhatsApp line 0727021702. Question. Now, did the million words translate into millions in your bank account? Because we know the famous stories of the JKs. And uh, who's the one that wrote the spanking book? Ooh, E.L. James. What's yes? Oh, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. Her Fifty name? Shades. It is Fifty James. Shades. Sorry, I forgot. It is E.L. James, right? What is I it? So. I'm going to start <laughs> googling. Then the, yeah, then yeah, the yeah. Twilight one, Twilight right? Vibes. So we will hear how they became multi. Mm-hmm. Does that translate, or is the market just so saturated that it isn't necessarily like that for everybody? And maybe the romance genre is not, you know. Well, romance is the biggest selling genre in the world. I Mm. mean, romance is killing it. So, you know, people have often looked down on romance as a genre. And I say, well, romance is making a lot of people a lot of money and a lot of people are making a living off romance. So let's not Fifty Shades is romance. It is romance, you know. It might not be your style of romance. (laughs) That might not be your vibe, but, you know. So I will say that I, I make a living. Um, and I mean, my, my dad always told me it was very rude to talk about money. Is so your what, Bentley outside? My Bentley is not outside. <laughs> so no, I haven't done a Fifty Shades yet. Although I'd like to one day, not that book, but I'd like to have a book blow up like that. Yes. Um, I'm very fortunate that I earn in US dollars and yes. pounds. Okay. So I'm not going to lie. And you're like, I'm going to stay in South Africa yeah. so I can stretch. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. When the rand crashes, everyone's holding their heads going, no. And I'm secretly <laughs> yes. jumping up and down in the corner saying yes. So I'm not going to lie about that. 
So I do think it's possible. I mean, you often told, you know, I, you know, I went and studied theater and everyone's like, oh, you're never going to make a living. You know, a lot of people have this view of the creative industry. Um, you went into the creative industry. Yeah. Look at you now. So look, just so so we so we so clear. I also don't have a Bentley. No, you also don't have a Bentley. Okay, so we're yes. not Bentleys yet, but you know what? Yes. One day, um, we have a lot of mutual friends that mm. went into the creative industry. They they're killing it. Yeah. So I don't think this notion that if you go into something like this, you're not going to make money. I think that's mm. I think it's nonsense. And I know a lot of parents, kind of you know. It's a narrative that's kind of been pushed on us. I don't think it's necessarily true. I'm not saying that everyone that writes books is making a living. I mean, obviously, that's the same for every industry, though, you know. But um, I think, you know, I'd love a book to blow up on Book Talk next. Mm. Mm. And then I will buy a Bentley and I will come and fetch you and we will go <laughs> drink champagne in our Bentleys. So I have to ask, um, before I go to the questions, do you in your processes like are you at a place in your confidence levels where you you no longer feel like you need a plan b you know this is what you'll be doing for the rest of your life because i would just assume your plan b would be mm, well there's you could always write for corporate you could always write for a million other things are you at a place where you're like i don't need a plan b this is it you know what? That's a good question because I'm I'm always a plan B girl. <laughs> I'm always like, I'm one of these people that always kind of looks around to make sure I'm going to be okay. So you know what? I, I'll do something. I'll have success. But in the back of my head, I often go, because I'm a worst case scenario person. I'm a bit of a doomsdayer. So I'm often like, okay, well, if everyone hates me after this next book, what am I going to do? You know, and you know, I'll find myself on biz community or something because I think, I, I think that, to feel secure completely maybe is a little bit um, overconfident. Mm. You know, people can people cannot like your work tomorrow, you know, mm. for all you and know. And I think it might give you an edge in your writing if you always feel like this could be my last book, <laughs> maybe. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know I if you, you feel the same like, way. I think you should work like that. Like, put everything into the next one because, you know, mm. just go for it. Put everything into it because maybe people... It's, I don't know, you know, I think one should, I don't think one should ever just kind of get complacent, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, don't get complacent. The world, there's a reality out there and it, it hits everyone. It hits everyone in everyone's careers in every industry. You know what I, I want for you beyond book talk? What? It's for somebody to be coming to be like, we want to have the rights to turn your, your, mm -hmm. your book into a movie. I have sold, I have sold rights internationally. Mm -hmm. Um, to a very big, I can't, I can't say. But anyway, but this is the thing though with that. I've been in so many conversations with people buying rights and I have had rights bought, but that doesn't necessarily mean the thing's going to get yes. made. Yes. Let me just tell you, like 90% of stuff dies in development. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like, you have so many conversations about, it's actually a bit boring how many conversations you have about people going, oh, I'd love to look at your book for a film. You know, we, you know what? So, yes, I would love that. Absolutely. I do think it'll happen one day, but it isn't one of those overnight processes. Mm. It really takes a long, long time. Mm. And we know this because there have been Hollywood films that the director and writers will say, <clears throat> excuse me, we've been sitting on this, not sitting trying to make this happen for 15 years, for exactly. 20 years. Mm -hmm. So it is all about timing. I'm taking some questions on the WhatsApp line 0727021702. So one says, how do writers deal with writer's block? 
Do certain people resort to things like cannabis for inspiration from <laughs> Sandile in Pretoria? Hi, Sandile in Pretoria. Wow. I don't personally turn to cannabis for inspiration. But what I will say, though, is unfortunately in my line of work at this point, I actually can't afford to have writer's block. Like, I wish I could just sit and have writer's block. Mm. It would be quite a luxury. So is that because of the deadlines, the deadlines. that you have? Yes. In terms of you sign a book deal for yeah. a series and they say these are the dates. These are the dates. So, yes, I've experienced it. And I just I force myself to sit in front of that bloody computer and I just stare at it all day if I have to. Mm. If I get three words out or five sentences or two paragraphs, it's like I don't I, – I just – you can't have writer's block, Joe. You've got a deadline. Mm. Sit in front of the computer all day and just try and write something. Mm. It is very difficult when the inspiration dries up. Um, it is very difficult. And then it's kind of like, I mean, I think a lot of people have jobs that they don't enjoy. Mm. They're not inspired to do their jobs. You've just got to push on through. Um, so, And it's the same as that. It's the same as any other job. So I would love to wallow in writer's block um, sometimes, but I can't. Does it help having a hubby who's a creative? Do you ever be like, I'm stuck at the part where she lands at the airport I don't know what needs to happen next. Does that help? Every single time. <laughs> In fact, most of the times I've had an issue, he's unpickled me from my issue. Because I can sometimes write myself into a corner because I don't plot. I'm going to be honest. You go as you go along. And there have been a few occasions where I've gone, oh, my God, I think I've written myself into a total corner and I don't know how to get out. And then I'll be like, Gareth. Yes. You know, and he's very good at story. He's actually quite a story genius. And um, he always helps me. So it's, it is so good to have someone to bounce off. And I think if you are stuck, my advice is get someone to bounce off. Have you um, ever had your family and friends be like, don't tell Joe anything. She's going to use it in her books. People say that about me. Don't tell Lubchir anything. She's going to talk about you on the radio. Because we do get a lot of our inspiration from the things that happen around us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in my last book, I mean, I think our mutual, our mutual friend there, your agent, my friend, Owen, yes. he says he has that expression called, let's just park that in the cul-de-sac yes. of no. Yes. 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 I don't know how it came up. You know, if he doesn't want to speak about something, he's like, nope, I'm parking that in the cul-de-sac of no. That expression made its way into my previous book, What Happens on Vacation. So I'm constantly taking little things from people around me and I'm popping them in. Obviously, there there are certain things. I think if you're a person with sense and morals and stuff, you know, there are certain things you would never about friends pop in. But I'm always stealing little tidbits (laughs) from people I know. Always. That's why they're in your life. Come on. Mm. All right. uh, Question for Joe. How does one get an agent? And any feedback on children's books? So getting an agent, that's always something that's asked of me. And I'm afraid from my side, um, I have a bit of an atypical story about how I got an agent. It was very easy for me. And that's not the case for anyone. And I think the reason it was easy for me, and I'll tell you the reason it's easy, because I think that this is something people can do if they want one. Mm is I had built up quite a social media following on Wattpad. Mm. I already had like, I mean, I think I've got hundreds of hundred or something thousand followers, but at the time I probably had tens of thousands. I had millions of reads. So I kind of came with an inbuilt readership. So Mm. I approached people. I I actually just also being naive and not knowing anything about the world of publishing kind of gave me an edge because I I felt like I wasn't embarrassed to do this because I didn't really know it was a big deal. I thought, oh, you just ask agents. Mm. Didn't know it was like a big deal to do that. I just sent out emails to everyone. And I think what they were interested in was that I came in with a built-in readership. So it made their job easier. Correct. 
So for anyone looking for an agent, I would say get onto BookTok, get onto get get a following, gather people around you, people that are going to read your book when it comes out. Mm. That is because people they're not just looking for a right, they're looking for someone that has it's a brand, it's a package. It's almost like the music industry. You yes. know, it's easier for them to take you on when you like this song of mine blew up on SoundCloud, blew up on TikTok. It's easier for them to take you on once you've already done something because you're not for yourself from zero with the person. Yes, yes. You know, so it's 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 a way of their. You know, it's not it's not so hard for them. It's not as it's not going to cost as much money, and it's not as difficult for them because you come in with something that's built in. Children's books, I'm afraid, I don't know much about because I'm not in that um, business, mm. but. Um, so I'm afraid I can't comment on that. All right, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, more of your questions. 702 Masterclass. As we wrap up this masterclass on writing a novel with Joe Watson, 0727021702 or 011-8830702. So another question says, I'm writing a book and struggling to find a person who can edit for me. Do you know anyone who can help me edit the book? How does it work with editors? Are they people you find yourself or people your publisher brings to you? There are so many resources online at the moment, so many people that are editing. If you just kind of Google editors in South Africa, etc., you will find there are so many people doing that because a lot of writers edit on the side as well mm. to be able to make a living. And there is there are very good editors that you can hire um, online. I mean, also, what's that thing, Fiverr? I know a few people oh, yes. that have actually used editors, but read their bios first and see what they've done. But get onto Google, girl. That's the way. Google is the way. Um Please ask your guests for information how to get started. Do you do workshops? Are there books? Can you recommend something for beginners? Um, you know, there's something, there, there are quite a few, it, it depends on what genre you're writing in mm. because there's an organization, the Romance Writers Association of South Africa, ROSA, and we have a lot of workshops and stuff. So if you're interested in uh, romance, pop on by to ROSA and have a look at them. But... Um, you know, I didn't, when I got started, I kind of just did it uh, instinctively. So I didn't pick up any books or something. But I, So I can't particularly recommend anything. But I think there are also courses, um, those masterclasses, those mm. BBC masterclasses. I see Julia Donaldson is doing one on children's book writing. Mm. And there are a couple of other amazing thriller writers that are doing them. I was looking at one the other day, actually. Um so I would hit those up, those BBC. I think it's BBC Masterclass. Am I right? I think, I it, think so. I saw this. That there are some. There's some amazing yes. writers, like world-class writers mm. that are teaching writing. I would, I would go there. So do you think that if, if the competition had asked for a different genre, you might not have entered? Or do you think that even if it said horror, you would have gone in and then that's where you would have found yourself. <laughs> I would have just gone in with anything at that point. <laughs> I, think, I think if it had said, you know, write the next 50 shades, I would have brought the whips and chains. Um, I, I just, I was in that place. It caught my attention and I was like, I'm going to write a book. So I think whatever they asked for, I think I would have just gone for it. So now that, I mean, I would say you have mastered romance. Your books have been translated into how many languages? Oh my goodness. I don't know. Maybe like... Nine, seven, eight, nine. So Romanian, around. Spanish, well, R- Russian, French, Italian, uh, German, uh, uh, Bulgarian. I'm gonna say my my agent is always selling rights, foreign rights mm. on the side constantly, and I'll get an email going, "Oh, here, sign this contract. We've just sold this book mm. to to this market." 
So, yeah, I'd say it's about seven or eight or nine, but don't quote me. <laughs> Somewhere there. <laughs> Somewhere there. Oh, Czech. I'm big in the Czech Republic. People what? like me there. I know. It's so weird. Like, oh, and, and uh, the Philippines. My biggest readership on Wattpad is the Philippines. So it's really weird. You, you resonate with the type of person. You have and to. And you never know who you you're going to resonate with. You have to go back to television, but to write a K-drama. Oh yeah. Right? <laughs> and 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 would you ever consider changing genres just mm-hmm. if if you reach the point where you're like I want to do something different I'm going to go what would that genre be? So I am actually I do write young adult fiction as well. Mm-hmm. Um which I love and I've had two young adult fiction books published. I do want to branch out into other genres and actually the 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 rights that I had bought the film rights I had bought was to a book that wasn't romance actually. Mm. It was a uh, thrillery. So I am busy pitching at the moment a couple of thrillers, a dark academia. Um, so yeah, so I definitely want to branch out. I think you know there are only so ma- so many romances I can write in my life, and I might have I might be starting to hit a saturation level. Mm, mm. Books published, I do want to branch out into other genres. And actually, the 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 rights that I had bought, the film rights I had bought, was to a book that wasn't romance. Actually, mm. it was a uh, thrillery. So I am busy pitching at the moment a couple of thrillers, a dark academia. Um, so yeah, so I definitely want to branch out. I think you know there are only so ma- so many romances I can write in my life, and I might have I might be starting to hit a saturation level. Mm, mm, so mm. I need to I need a, a palate cleanser. So a bit of horror, bit of something. Who knows? Just add a knife to the story. Joe Watson, find her on joewatsonwrites.com. And that's Joe without the E J O Watsonwrites.com. You can also oh my God, find my website her looks on terrible Instagram. At the they must still go Joe there. Joe Watson Writes is my social media yes. handle for everything. And you can find all of Joe Watson's many books, uh, her latest being What Happens on Vision Level. Mm, mm, so mm. I need to, I need a, a palate cleanser. So 